Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Verge. Today, uh, David Morrison and I discuss, uh, we recorded this episode a few days ago on Earth Day, and it brought to mind um, smaller conversations we've had on other episodes about the natural world or um, the physical being separated from the spirit within a religion over time. And we really wanted to delve into that as far as pointing out these, this idea of those two being separated. And um, if, you're, if, if, it, if you feel called that that is not the way spirituality or religion should play out and the, the, the natural and the spirit and the, the physical world all come together, um, we explore that in, in a really in-depth, beautiful way. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia at Monk Drums. Uh, that's what you hear in the background right now. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is the place to go. drcrpod.com is the place to go for other episodes or wherever you found, whatever podcatcher you found this uh, episode on. Um, all of our other ones should be there as well. Um, to get a copy of David's book, Desolate Beauty, the Book of Light and Shadow, dreamwalkerway.com is the place to go for that. You can also find a um, sign langu- American Sign Language translation on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and search Dreamwalker, which is one word, and Way is a second word, um, you'll find it there. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you. And let's get into it. quickly welcome to desert rain community radio david morrison hola mr mason hola earth day today earth day look it up find out about it (laughs) check it out i always thought earth day was just became i thought arbor day became earth day oh they're two separate things yeah i thought i thought the same thing that's like arbor day's next Next week. They, it's weird. They were going to merge, but then there was a, a hostile takeover and they yeah, stayed split. <laughs> I don't understand. The, apparently, Arbor Green, Day is really old. and Greenpeace was behind one of them. You actually plant trees. You actually do something. Or it's right. Earth Day. You just become aware. Well, the, I saw a good one today. Every day's Earth Day if you're not an asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah like, pick your trash up. Start you, there. You, you live on planet Earth, baby. Um, the reason we're chatting about it, like we said, today is Earth Day. This podcast will post in about a week and a half. So Earth Day will have passed. Maybe it'll, I wonder if it posts on Arbor Day. That would be interesting. That would be. It doesn't say that on mine. Um, so what we wanted to investigate, talk about, and we've actually talked about it in other episodes, but not at length is, um, and maybe you could explain it better, David, but this idea of separating religion from the natural world, um, and not necessarily in every religion, but, um, it seems to be a common thing. So maybe, well, do you want to lead off with 
with the story yeah. or do you want to talk about it in a bigger yeah bigger bigger thing first so yeah so if you want to sort of explain your observations in the in yeah, the christian it's, world it's kind of again i'm not a theologian nor a church historian i'm just a schlub in the desert who's curious and i have the ability to look things up internet yeah, baby yeah i have power like that <laughs> Anyway, uh, and it seems that Christianity historically has struggled with uh, the dualism of spirit over matter, mm. and they've they spirit being spirit is more important right than the physical world and splitting those two okay yeah, keeping a complete division between spirit and matter okay. And then they turn around and tend to blame the Gnostics over this. The Gnostics is a catch-all phrase for a group of people who uh, anything mainstream Christianity has disagreed with over the centuries. Oh, it's Gnostic. You know, uh, like if they want to uh, gain space between an idea. It, yeah. Okay. So, so they claim, you know, and, and, and it does appear that some Gnosticism... Gnostic texts are also dualistic. But but my point is this, is that in blaming uh, uh, the Gnostics for this mm -hmm. spirit-matter split, they have historically done it themselves. Oh, I see, what, I, see, I, see I see, I see. It's more Christian? of a, a hypocrisy thing. Yeah, it's okay, a projection okay. thing. I see, you know? okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Christianity, I, I think it could be argued, has done that in all of its forms and denominations of, of yeah, um, shooting heaven off. So taking Jesus's teachings of the kingdom of heaven and turning it into this separate, disembodied, immaterial, platonic, because it's more of a, comes from the philosophy of Plato more than it does, and his followers, you know, the Neoplatonists, mm. than it does from Hebrew, the Hebrew understanding of cosmology. And so, yeah, so we've separated heaven, uh, we've separated, you know, your soul is so, all that really counts. So your this body's idea is going to die, but your soul is eternal. That's, you, you know, most people would think that that's uh, a teaching of Jesus. Uh, well, and to go back to the heaven thing real quick. So basically making heaven some far away yes, thing. Separate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's not in line with what first century uh Jews uh mm. how they saw the world or okay. the afterlife it's not you know i mean the afterlife is very nebulous mm -hmm. throughout the scriptures right but that was not one of them and um the heaven part of it right being far away yeah. and separate uh, the, their vision and early christians jesus's vision <clears throat> it was in line with uh jewish thought at that time which was the, 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 that there would be an event in the future where everyone who has died will rise again. There'll be mm -hmm. a, a physical resurrection of the dead and justice will be maintained. So the empires will fall mm -hmm. and justice and equity and would be you know, spread across the land. And it's here on earth. Mm -hmm. So, so our destiny is, is, is uh, not in this disembodied heaven. Mm -hmm. Where we're just these ghosts, these angels playing harps on a cloud, kind of thing. Yeah, right. You see, yeah, yeah. But no, it's the here. pearly gates. Yeah. The the 
robes, the clouds. And there is there is a, a popular evangelical scholar who writes for the popular mainstream like us named N.T. Wright. And he, he wrote a book on, on that very topic, you know. So on, on you know, the, 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 our destiny is here on earth now. Right. So anyway, that's part of the whole, yeah, you know, and, and this idea of taking scriptures literally so the earth is something to be subdued and subjected. And it's it's 6,000 years old. Yeah, so it just becomes a kind of silliness, so which is destructive. For sure. It's very destructive. And, and um, so you kind of laid out this idea of like the historical idea, and, and maybe we could zoom in a little bit. Um, as far as like maybe the last like five years, 10 years of like what you've witnessed, how, how that has continued to play out the separation of the, yeah, the soul yeah. and, and the spirit and, and how that's um, specifically in popular Christianity um, and just how you, how you've observed it um, either change or just, you know, evolve or what, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what the right word would be, but sort of your observations of, of that, um, on a church level or, or individuals engaging in church because of this idea of separation. Yeah. I mean, if you've lost anybody in your life and you have these yahoos come up to you, they don't know what else to say. So the, well, he or she's in a better place. Mm. They're in a better place. Right. That's not helpful at all. Yeah. Uh, if it was a better place, then let's all just commit suicide right. and just go blow there our now. brains out. See, so it's, <laughs> Again, it's not. But their pushback would be, if you commit suicide, you don't go to heaven. Yeah, to yeah. So then it's like, <laughs> all right. And I've seen that too, and it's a gross uh, abuse. You know, I've seen preachers at funerals use the the sadness and abuse these people, manipulate them, and tell them that the person that died is in hell and that they can escape hell. It's. You know, I've heard. I've seen that and heard it. In different degrees. Well, I have a very specific story about that. I'm trying to think how to keep it as vague as possible. But I basically overheard a conversation. I was sitting with two other people. Um, and the the gentleman's... Well, <laughs> that gentleman. A person's <laughs> a family member had just killed themselves. Yeah. And they said something to the effect of this idea of, of that family member going to hell. And the other, and it was in a religious environment where we were hanging out. It wasn't at church or anything like that. But, and the, per, the other person, the third person there, totally like co-signed like yeah your family members in hell like they didn't say those words but they like agreed with this person yeah and i and looking back i can remember i was just so startled like yeah i was like what is being like it had just happened like a day or like within like it was less than a week that the the person had killed themselves yeah and so obviously this other person struggling with losing a loved one to suicide and it, it felt as though they said that for someone to be like, oh, no, that's not the case. But then this other person was like, yeah, that's probably what's going on. And I, I, and it was out of my league of like 
I didn't realize that people believed someone that committed suicide goes to hell. Like I didn't know that before that moment. Like I was alert and I was just so like thrown off guard that I didn't even know what to say. And I think I just walked like they weren't having a conversation for me with me. I, I was overhearing this. I just happened to be in the same room. And so I think I just walked away being like, what the fuck did I just encounter? Cause it felt so icky. Yeah. And there's like, a residue that li- that it leaves. Like and that. I just want to put my armor. Like if I would have known this other person better, I would have put my arm around and like, don't even worry about that yeah. right now. Like yeah. just like, just be in the moment of like sadness. Like it's okay yeah. to just be sad and not know what's going on with this family member. But like, it was, it was over the top of like, co-signing. Yeah. like, yeah, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. Or I don't even know if the person that passed away was, it's a terrible combination of of ignorance and confidence. Yeah, 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 those yeah, two yeah. together, yeah, 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 and yeah. you get a group of people together, and all of a sudden they're all you know. You go to anywhere, you go to every, any bar where everyone is is uh, already deep in their cups, mm-hmm. and you bring up any kind of thing with mm-hmm. religion or the afterlife. They're all experts. All of a sudden, of Everyone's anything, an expert, <laughs> anything. <you know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My stupid drunken conversation. We would not get into fistfights, but over like college football like some obscure well, college football thing at least that's relevant and like <laughs> like want to choke each other out. and I, I do want to put one clarification <laughs> on my story there was no religious leaders in this conversation oh, okay at, at all so i don't i also don't want that to sort of be read into like it was not that was not the case but still it was an environment where it's like no just let this person be sad about their yeah, yeah. their the passing of their loved one and not like buy help them buy into this like wild afterlife yeah. thing anyways well and a few years ago well it's been more than a few years ago now. <laughs> i'm thinking about when a I few a few years ago 20 times years two. ago <laughs> when you get to be my age 20 years is like blurred. a couple of months it's like yeah we we bought new toothpaste a couple months ago no that's uh, the expiration date says 1998. What? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I read a book. I, I first read the book. It's and it's a, one of those books that you refer to later. You know, right. it's a group of essays called "The Sacred Earth" by a theologian named Thomas Berry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his hypothesis is that uh, in recent centuries, because of the the plague years in the 15, 16, 1700s. Uh, that created an animosity in theology, at least in the Catholic Church, which Protestants would have right. just followed along later, uh, of of animosity with nature, with the natural world, uh, and God, um, and so they, you know, it would have because you know because they're all dying of mm-hmm. this unknown. You know, I guess it was the Black Plague and the bubonic plague, or mm-hmm. they the same thing. It's an Arbor Day and Earth Day kind <laughs> of situation another, yeah, here. It's another. <laughs> and then there's Flag Day somewhere in there too, isn't there? And then Fourth of July and yeah, Fourth like, of July and Flag Day. Are, are, why are do you separated. have both? Yeah, they just we just want can we things just conflate some things and make it simpler? So yeah, and and so that kind of took a turn in theology. And it's interesting at that point in in uh, Christian history, also was a uh, a turning away from uh, contemplation, silence. Mm. And solitude and and uh, actually teaching against it, discouraging it, uh, 
and, and doing only what they call discursive meditation or content filled prayers. Uh, so that, that's an interesting yeah. thing. You know, get away from the created order, get away from the physical earth and get away from contemplation. And, and so, basically bringing it into the cathedral or the temple or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Being, yeah. Being in a, one of these, you know, boxes of sorts. Yeah. And Protestant, the Protestant movement did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. They just built, they called it St. Paul's instead of St. Peter's. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they just kind of moved <laughs> on funny. from right. there, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Made, the, and, made and, the Bible the Pope. Yeah. Yeah. And even the iconoclastic Protestants, the ones that don't, you know, they see uh, any kind of art and statues especially are, are idolatry. And so they don't have any art in their churches and that kind of thing. Uh, but even they will, will call their church the, the house of the Lord, right? Well, that's, you know, so it's, it's, like, it's funny too because, you know, growing up in the United States, for the most part, our churches are pretty boring. And I could, yeah. I've heard people like talk shit about Protestant churches and I was like, well, oh, yeah, I'm a big they, shit talker. about." Well, that. I was like the Catholic churches aren't that much better, but then you go to Europe and it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see uh, what's We're pretty going good on down here. here in the border, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're have you decent. Gone to an East yeah. Coast Catholic church or no? What's that? Have you been to an East Coast everyday oh, was, Catholic there, church? Not in every, there are some like, oh, what's the are one? they kind of plain or? Well, there's one in Philadelphia. Where? Because we got Our Lady Guadalupe, we've got St. Patrick. We've yeah, got but there's all, I mean, like the smaller the parishes are de- uh, like, well, and I also, so <clears throat> I get, so growing up, I went to San Albino, which is a beautiful, that church is yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, beautiful there. But then we, um, I don't remember when in my <laughs> lifetime, but we started going to Holy Cross and that just, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a Protestant building. It's, it's a Catholic uh, church, but it's, oh, okay. it's effectively, you know, it, it's a modern building and they try to make it feel modern as in 1970s. They all have that yeah, dark yeah, 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 wood yeah. paneling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And so wood paneling for God's sake. But, but I mean, even, <laughs> even the, even the beautiful churches here pale in comparison to the European yeah, cathedrals. Sure, like yeah. it's not even, it's not even close. Like, um, anyways, a, a total, and so they, they discouraged contemplation. They discouraged, you know, they right. brought everything into, into the, the cathedrals, into the churches. Yeah. And then developed an animosity almost toward the natural world. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, it's not official Catholic teaching. Of course. Of you, course. If of you course. look yeah, up yeah, the catechism, course, yeah. It's a positive view of the natural world. And yeah, so anyway. Um, and so I, I'm not really, so we're at a point in history where probably within the church, I would say there's still this animosity towards nature in general. Yeah. Is that absolutely. a safe, safe thing to say? But there seems to be a pushback in popular culture on a certain level of like, well, and it's not even maybe a pushback, but there's been studies done, right. Of how important it is to be in nature. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Getting outside of, of your house, right. Even if it's just like going to a, a local park and, yeah, and walking yeah. through a park and, and having lived like having lived in Philadelphia, um, it's amazing how important it is to just go sit in a park for 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, like go look you at just, some ducks, 
some yeah, pigeons, some pigeons even. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. but you just feel it internally. Even if your your purpose for going there is not that. Um, so so I guess sort of within this idea of getting away from nature. Um, how how have you in your personal life, because you are someone that's very, at least of people I know, you are very connected with nature and, and um, yeah. you know, getting into the desert and, and walking and, and just observing and stuff like that. And so um, for maybe someone listening that's struggling with this, like, they go to church, they're, they're engaged in their spiritual life, whatever, but, the, but they're sort of at this crossroads of like wanting to be fed in the spiritual way of like being able to connect with people that know that nature is important, right? Yeah. Um, instead of minimizing it, um, what sort of some things you would point out to them as far as like combining so instead of having it separated bringing yeah, that yeah. together i guess would be a good way to say it well i guess it'd be kind of what we mentioned earlier i think it was bertrand russell the philosopher who said the tragedy and i'm probably misquoting him it's probably somebody else <laughs> right, <laughs> said yeah. it uh but the the fact remains the truth remains that a lot of our our situation in the world is that uh the, uh, and I'll paraphrase it. Yeah, the yeah, dumbasses yeah. have the confidence. Yeah. Right? And the ones that are smart and deep, uh, because they're smart and deep, they don't have the confidence mm. because everything's up for question. Mm -hmm. And so you, uh, you have this this kind of... So so I would say, yeah, if you're an average, you know, if you're just a, a churchgoer, if, if those even exist anymore, uh, yeah. I don't even know if people who listen to this podcast are church people or... I mean, prob people, probably not, but <laughs> or but if they stumble across it, yeah, I would say uh, don't listen to them. You know, when they try to uh, do that, uh, they are trying to get you to stay and be in that building as much as possible. Mm. Uh, I don't mean to sound cynical, but they have to pay those bills, mm -hmm. and the more meetings they have, uh, uh, well, the more collections they can take. Right. And I, so. I, here's the other thing. You've lived in that world. Yeah. You, so I don't think it's a matter of being cynical. You've just observed it. it. Yeah, it is and, the way it is. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> you know how, you know, you know, the conversations behind yeah. the scenes, you're privy to them. You lived yeah. through it. You had a church. So I don't, yeah, this specifically, I don't think it, it might sound cynical, but I think more so you've just observed. Yeah. it. Yeah. And, and the more, uh, I guess the mega church, the contemporary kinds of churches, they seem to be more controlling over people's social life than any other brand mm. of church, it seems. So so they're trying to keep you in. And that's less time for you to go to the park. That's less time for you to go, especially when are you going to go uh, out week, you know, on a weekend. camping trip? When yeah. are you going to? And by the way, in, in yeah, the evenings, Wednesday on, evenings, on weekends, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're yeah. gonna go on weekends, and so you're gonna you're not gonna be there on Sunday, and they they don't want you to do that, and so um, you know, so there's there is that, and so you just have to push back against that, mm. and uh, you know, and it and it sucked as a pat our first Easter Sunday Easters, uh, 
I think it was back in 1995 or six, nice. our first Easter as That's a amazing. East Side Church. <laughs> uh, this is the big day for a project. Yeah. You know, it's the yeah. big day. We're gonna you gotta pull out the whole dog and pony show here. Yeah. You know? And well, the, at that point, uh, the majority of our church were teachers, oh. and they were off spring during, break. Yeah, right? yeah and so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was, it was the smallest. I, I remember calling my mom saying, we're the only church in El Paso in this whole region that shrunk <laughs> on, Easter. on Easter Sunday. I suck. And it's just, and so there's a lot of pressure there and all yeah. that, but they did the right thing. They went fishing, they went camping, they went, uh, and I'm not suggesting, I, I personally can't stand camping. I right. Camping. Yeah. You've, you've, you've gone on record quite, yeah, <laughs> quite it's not fun for me. So you don't. So don't think of your connection with nature as, as, as you have to be an outdoors person. Mm -hmm. You have to go be Jeremiah Johnson to use a <laughs> 70s reference there. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so you'd have to push back. And uh, it's kind of like, the, the, yeah, so the story I was telling you earlier. Yeah. So, so Jacob and I were going up. Hopefully I don't uh, out, this, <laughs> out this guy. He is a boomer, so, you know. He's not listening to our podcast. Boomers, yeah. So, I'm just kidding. When he, see, uh, when he sees the name of the podcast, Every Day's Earth Day, if you don't suck, yeah. he's not going to listen to that. <laughs> and if you're a boomer and you like this podcast, you're one of the good ones. <laughs> we love you. Keep, tell your boomer friends. Buy Tune a book. <laughs> Buy a book. Dreamwalkerway.com. Yeah, give us Tune traffic. In. So, um, yeah, so we were, we were, uh, th this particular individual was, had, uh, really drunk the Kool-Aid of a certain charismatic group. Okay. And, and was just, uh, was it based out of Waco, Texas? No, I'm just was, joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> based out of Northern California. <laughs> so some of you might be able to figure Nor that out. And, uh, and he was in their school of ministry and signs and wonders and, just really into it mm. and to the point where it had clouded and become his entire identity, oh, his entire personality. Right. And he was just obnoxious and he was in your face. And we, to the point where we would tell him he was, uh, we would literally tell him you're obnoxious uh -huh. and, and we're not, and it wouldn't phase him. Yeah. And so we're doing something. I don't remember what it was, but we were, so Jacob and I went with him on a road trip to, had something to do with we were harvesting wood or something okay. for the monk drums. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so oh, I didn't, I didn't know that part of the story. So it, That's it, actually really interesting. So we found ourselves in the forest and meeting someone there who was going to sell us his timber that he had, mm -hmm. you know, a personal, it wasn't a, a company. It was an individual, yeah. you know, and nice guy, you know, and, Talk about the weather. Yeah, good load chat, the lumber good on the chat. truck and say thank you. How long you. have you lived out here? Yeah, you know, like normal human beings, right? But no, this guy, what does he do? Where do you fellowship at, brother? That's what he said. Yeah. So Jacob and I are just like, let's just leave him here. Let's just leave him on the let's side of the, the road. Because we're we were out. kicking his ass. We were being jackasses to him uh -huh. on purpose right. to entertain ourselves the entire trip. So he would say some religious garbage and we would just say the most extreme crazy <laughs> the other thing direction that, we could, that could yeah just to throw him <laughs> off which it never did right of course it would never penetrate his skull and uh and so the so the guy yeah where do you fellowship brother and for those of you who are normal human beings listening that means where do you go to church right uh, i would i would have <laughs> when you told me the story the first time 
you did it the other way. Like he asked somewhere to go to yeah. church and then you brought up the fellowship thing. Like, but if you, if, you, like yeah, if you had just told me the fellowship thing, maybe I would know because I've hung out with you guys enough. But even then I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. I wish the guy <laughs> would have said, yeah, what I fellowship with this guy named Frodo and uh, this, we're the fellowship of the ring. You know, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Uh, anyway. And so the guy, uh, uh, very honestly, he, he lifted his, we we're, you know, surrounded by, forest trees, yeah. pines, and he lifts his hands up and he looks up and he says, this is my church. This is my cathedral. Yeah. And Jacob and I are like, oh yeah. And he, and the guy was, and then it shut him up. It actually right, shut right, the right. religious guy up. So we get in the truck and then, and then, you know, Jacob and I are like, yeah, that guy was cool. That guy was nice. And then, and then he just, he couldn't, he was like Donald Duck when, <laughs> or Daffy Duck, you know, when they're trying to hold in their anger yeah, and then it yeah. just, they start quivering and sweating and then, and then they go ape shit go, on you. Yeah, and so he just goes ape shit. Yeah, his whole religious facade fell off and he's all, and he, and he said, I hate people like that. And we're both like, what? <laughs> he's all, I hate people that think they can get away with not going to church and they use nature as their church. <laughs> and he was just so full of anger and bitterness That's about so that. That's so weird to And me. We, were, we just thought it was the funniest thing <laughs> right. ever. Because we were trying to get under this guy's skin yeah. for three and a half hours and couldn't <laughs> do no, it. No and success. The, yeah, and then the lumber hippie man uh, in the woods uh, gave a, an honest, innocent answer and got under his skin. Yeah, so the, the so most... we had much respect for him. <laughs> The, the most because to him it was it was the lumber guy that just that was his reality yeah he doesn't need hanging, to go to something hanging out in the dirt, nature and, and being with the trees man that was his fellowship <laughs> exactly so how dare he talk to god in the trees and and not you know not to psychoanalyze but in general someone that would get pissed off about that what like what do you imagine that's about well that's it that's it's the it's that tradition of what they tag the the Gnostics of being, even mm -hmm. though they're you know, there's no real evidence that they were that way, uh, but it's the dualism that has been in Christianity from the beginning. Just this animosity that's been building. Yeah, a over suspicion the centuries. of of the physical world, a suspicion of the body, a mistrust of the body, a mistrust of someone's intuition, right? Um, someone's inner authority questioning that you know uh, mm. not not even questioning their inner authority dispossessing yeah. them of yeah. inner authority um <clears throat> and yeah and and then uh almost a uh what's the word i'm looking for a uh a, 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 a blasphemous view of of the world um. which is which is uh, it's worthless it's fallen it's evil uh that, it's to be commoditized. Yeah, yeah, it needs to be exploited. Yeah. I mean, Jewish uh, tradition would call that blasphemy, right? And and I would definitely see it that way as well. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so the ones that scream blasphemy the most are usually the ones living in blasphemy. Well, and so that's actually an interesting. I'd, I'd forgotten we kind of talked about this briefly earlier today, but. Um, the the poem uh, from Genesis, the the creation story, right, the, the yeah. building of the world, and, and God literally creating within you know within this yeah. within this poem, um, and so so maybe you could talk a little bit more about that as far as like the connection of the other side of the coin, right? Someone that right. that feels that God has created Earth and and 
you and I should be stewards of it being part of the yeah, spiritual yeah, yeah. practice. And, yeah. and so maybe you could talk about that a little bit with reference to um, that poem from Genesis. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, uh, the, the earth was formless and void. Uh, that's an amazing statement, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a beautiful, it's, it's, you could live your rest of your life off of just meditating on that stuff. And so, yeah, so it goes through these, these days of creation. The creator adds this, adds that, you know, vegetation separates yeah. Water and land, uh, sky, from you know the when the Bible says heavens or firmament, what it really is 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 the cause the space, okay, Milky Way galaxy in our in the, our reference the, point. Yeah, the beauty of it. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. existence of it. Uh, and then yeah, and then it says, you know, that the Creator looked on what they had made. And saw that it was good. Mm-hmm. It was very good indeed. And it says, I believe it's seven times. I think I was going to say. Good. I, it's yeah. good. The number seven came to yeah. mind. And as I kind of add that. to it. It doesn't say that the creator spoke this, that it's good. It just, the creator saw that it was good. Mm. Uh, but I kind of add in my own imagination uh, that just by thinking it, a song emitted from the creator. Mm. And that is the echoing vibration and reiteration forever around the entire cosmos. It is good. It is very good. Uh, and that original goodness. Just rippling out to the edge of the universe yeah. and back. See, and so, you know, in the, uh, I guess the fifth century, fourth century, with Augustine and Pelagius, there's a major, uh, debate on this issue. Augustine is the first to really come out and say it was a fallen order, a fallen creation. It's, it became evil and original sin, original darkness. Oh. And Pelagius, who got branded as a heretic, yeah. said, no, uh, when you look at a newborn baby, uh, you are seeing the image of God being reborn on the earth. Augustine called that blasphemy. Pelagius had a reputation as being a very, uh, actually a holy monk. Mm. Uh, so they couldn't really nail Atta- him on anything. Him. <laughs> so Augustine manipulated the ex, the, the secular authorities, uh, to condemn him. And he had to go back to Ireland or Wales or somewhere in the Celtic world, uh, which would be, uh, the Irish Isles. Uh, see what I did there? <laughs> Not the British Isles. Screw you. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, and then Pelagius went and continued to write yeah. uh, the original goodness under Augustine's name. He did that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, uh, and so, yeah, so that was the argument and Augustine won the day way back. Yeah. Right. 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 right and, right. and then Calvin came along with the Protestants and, and really pushed, codified pushed it. For, yeah. For the Protestants. And. So, but I think I think Pelagius is winning the day. I mm. nowadays, right? Right, right, right. The church can go it's, do what it's, it's lasted, gonna do. Right, it's lasted the test of time. Yeah, I yeah. think people know that there's something about the creation. I can't, you know, there's a beauty that seems to be beyond the beauty that you just see. Mm-hmm. There seems to be something more going on than just what you see mm-hmm. and uh, and experience in it. Uh, I don't. Th- I've tried to get people to, to who believe in original sin and all that to uh, to just actually tell someone that their infant child without baptism or without 
receiving Christ as our personal Lord and Savior at six months old. Uh, if they're, you know, to actually say they're an object of wrath and God hates them and they're going to hell, uh, and they won't do it. Right. Right. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, and, and they're, and they want to force, they want to make the state force, uh, 12 year old rape victims to, oh, to give birth, to give birth. Right. Uh, but their aborted babies would end up going to heaven. Whereas not, you know, nine out of 10 of them would end up going oh, to I hell if they were. So it's, so even their theology is schizophrenic and evil. It's an evil philosophy. Well, it's funny too, because, you know, just growing up in general, that idea of original sin, yeah, you hear it over and over. I heard it over and right, over. And, yeah. and um, the first time, sort of what we're talking about, the first time I really encountered that of like this idea of quote unquote original sin doesn't happen until however many chapters or verses into Genesis. Right. And actually that first part is like this original blessing. And it was, right. it was Rob Bell. I don't think he used that word necessarily original blessing, but just breaking it down of like, no man, like that, the original sin, the Cain and Abel stuff like that comes later in Genesis. Like there's this really beautiful thing that happens yeah. bef before that to set the scene of like uh, how incredible this, this higher power, this God is, yeah. you know, the, the, this is good, right? Um, and the beauty packed into that. And it's just like, like you're saying, if you just talk to the random average person, if you ask them what original sin is, the, they could spout it off to you, right? Yeah, right, yeah. Just because it's pounded into <laughs> us as, as children. Yeah, everybody. And even even the, the snake in the garden. If I ask you, who do you think the snake in the garden is? You'll say, well, it's, it's Satan. Mm. Well, the text never says that. Right, right, it right, never right. says. It just says... In fact, it speaks kind of positively of since the serpent was the the craftiest of all you know of all mm -hmm. the animals, uh, and so you know to the Greek culture that would be one of the highest attributes. Mm -hmm. Odysseus is their number one hero, and it's because of his craftiness yeah, and yeah, his yeah. his you know the way he could uh, you know trick people and yeah. stuff like that. And so, uh, well, and one of the the funny things I was pointed out uh, probably five or six years ago was that. The punishment was that it had to leave, the serpent had to leave on its belly. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. so that before that, it had to have had legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which but is, it's always, know. it's in popular culture, it's always a snake. Right, right. Depicted as a or snake. Or an apple, I mean, too. Yeah, yeah. an apple, apple, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway. But these are, anyway. yeah, these are images that are in our, our collective psyche. And so it's hard to, to get beyond them. And when mm. he's, you know, and to some people, this sounds like total, you know, heresy. That kind of thing, and to some it is, and it's. But usually, the ones screaming heresy are the ones living in the great blasphemy mm. of of hatred of creation, mm -hmm. hatred of the human body, uh, hatred of sexuality, fear of sexuality. Mm -hmm. I'm terrified of my own sexuality, so I'm going to go uh, pick on half percent of a population group in the country, and because I can feel better about myself, mm. you know, and uh, and so, and therefore, we have. And the movements that we have. Yeah. And so one of the things that, um, how do you, how, because, because this idea of original sin, just as an example, has been sort of, you know, pounded over our heads for years, years, years and years and years. Um, you know, and I'm even curious for myself, I, I don't, you know, I love nature. I don't feel disconnected from it. I feel pretty, um, I'm not the most connected person either. Like, right. you know, there's that, there's no, 
I'm also not patting myself on the back in any way, shape or form. But how do we step back into that, that, you know, what we're talking about, this beautiful poem in Genesis, this beautiful creation, this, you know, how do we, um, I guess as an individual, because that, that's where a lot of these things start. Um, but how do we, you know, how do we shift our mentality? How can I shift my mentality from the focus on original sin to the focus on original creation and just how beautiful that that really is? Yeah, you're talking about like theologically and spiritually? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I think definitely the uh, Celtic Christianity, for mm. sure. Uh, there, there have been movements, large movements in Christian history in spite of all that. Right. So you have, yeah, the Celtic Christianity, which saw no division uh, between spirit and matter. Mm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you have Franciscanism, uh, you know, the way that St. Francis uh, lived his life. Claire was a little different. She cloistered herself eventually. Mm, she, didn't, okay. she didn't go out into nature. Uh, that's why she became the patron saint of television. <laughs> she was inside. That's hilarious. That's incredible. That's <laughs> and was a pure contemplative, you know, rather For than sure. a mendicant, uh, a beggar uh, out amongst the people. But yeah, so Franciscanism is a huge movement in Christianity. Yeah, it uh, really is. You know, um, and so... And, and and I think they're gaining a lot of popularity today. I was going to, uh, we, we did a podcast on J. Philip Newell, who's mm-hmm. written several uh, creation spirituality. If you, if you look that up, uh, there's an, uh, an ex uh, Dominican priest named Matthew Fox, who's written a lot of popular books on yeah, eco, eco books, spirituality yeah. and that kind of stuff. Uh, Thomas Berry, uh, Pierre Dale Chardin. If you were, if you want something more hefty, he was a yeah. We've talked about him a, a genius, couple of different times. Uh, Jesuit who uh, uh, he was basically trying to uh, reconcile the uh, the scientific observation of evolution yep. and theology, and was asked to leave the Jesuits was, was kicked out and, and he happened to be a paleontologist too. Mm, right. so, so he went out and dug up Peking man <laughs> and married a mystic, uh, a mystical woman. And, uh-huh. uh, and now he's probably one of the most quoted theologians. That's hilarious. <laughs> See, they're That's winning amazing. the day is what I'm yeah, trying to yeah. say. Pelagius is winning the day yeah. in that sense. Well, and even, uh, so the, ep- just for anyone that's curious, uh, episode 79 is the one on John Philip Newell. And it's called Ancient Wisdom for Today's Spirituality. Yeah. So you can you can find that on our uh, podcast feed. Uh, for me, it was just the simple meditations on the liturgical seasons. Easter, uh, also you know, uh, more accurately called the the Pasch, P A S C H, the Pascha, the the resurrection, isn't just a, a good guy doing well. You know, he's a good guy, and we can't really have him just hanging on the cross and dead. We gotta. We got to resurrect him. <laughs> That's not what is happening there. Something right. much bigger. And it's the breaking in of a new creation. I mean, that's that's basic Christian theology. Uh, you wouldn't hear it. You don't hear it on the radio. Or in, on K-Love. On K-Love <laughs> and all those preachers. Uh, but it's, it's just true. Uh, and so this new creation is breaking in. And well, why don't I see it? Because it takes the eyes of faith to see it. 
And so you can train those, and that's a very Pelagius idea. You could train, you could position yourself in a place to to learn to see uh, this new creation breaking in into the current creation and merging with it. Mm-hmm. What? So, yeah. And I think it even goes back. So this same idea of like you, you mentioned intuition earlier. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Sort of, inner authority. Yeah. yeah. And and when you uh, exercise or trust your inner intuition, it becomes stronger. Yeah. And I think a similar thing happens with what you're talking about is is you allow your your faith of these things to grow and, and you lean into it. You see it more commonly around you because it's always around us. Yeah, yeah. Your intuition's always there. This new this new faith coming into creation is yeah. always there. It's just a matter of being able to be present enough to observe it. Yeah. Um, and then have the like with the intuition, having the faith to step into it because it can be scary. Because yeah, it's not always yeah. logical. In fact, most times it's not logical. No, no. It's illogical. Puts you into a very creative kind of world. Yeah. yeah. Which can be chaotic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one thing I wanted to share too um, earlier when you brought up the camping stuff is like, you know, for someone that's maybe struggling or thinking about these things, like find find the nature that that helps you feel alive yeah for some people that's going to be the beach some people that's going to be the forest you know we we're in the desert you know i know i i'm not i don't want to speak for you but it seems as though it makes you feel alive being out in the desert i i feel a similar thing um it might be mountains you know mountain climbing for some people there's um and not that it has to be one either that's the other thing like but no, go, no. Just go be. explore. Just go explore what what's new and different to you. Or if you have maybe a childhood memory, um, you know, maybe you've only been to the beach once in your whole life, but you remember <sighs> that moment for some reason. Very, you know, even if you can't physically go to the beach, in your imagination, go to that place. Yeah, exactly. Sit quietly. Sit alone. Go to that place within your your memory, especially if it's a sharp memory, regardless of how old you yeah. are. You can, you can, we're able to recall those things for a reason. Once again, it might not seem logical. It might not make sense, but, but go back to that place. Yeah. Remember how it smelled. Remember how it felt. Um, remember the sounds, you know, all these things, the, the, um, oh, what's it called? Tactile. Yeah. Yeah. Would that be, you know, yeah, so, physical, you know, so if you were touch. at the, yeah, so if you were at the beach and you were very in this memory, you remember how the sand felt on your feet or on your legs as you sat there, or whatever it might, you know, the waves coming in. Even even use that tactile feeling in your imagination, in your yeah. memory, in your meditation, and allow that to wash over you and just put yourself there. Yeah. Or just watch something grow. Mm. Uh you know, I have a memory of being hospitalized. I was hospitalized many times, but there was one big one where I had pneumonia and the flu at the age of eight. D- double winner. Yeah. <laughs> double bubble winner. Yeah, it was double pneumonia and the flu together, and it was very sick. I think I was in the hospital the whole month of March wow. of 1977, 76, and... And I remember, and then, you know, and then, you know, I missed a lot of school. Yeah. Six weeks of school. Cause you know, I didn't just go back to school right, right out of the yeah. hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that recovery time, uh, and my mom had to have taken time off work 
to to take care of me. Right. So she, so this would have been April by this point, and it's mm. Easter time, and 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 we planted these peas. Mm. Uh, and I remember just going out. The smell of the earth was a very the sunlight, yep, yep. the the breeze in April, and someone giving a shit about me. You know, my yeah. own mother. Uh, I think we we sprouted them in styrofoam cups first, oh, and then nice. went out yeah, to right. the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of thing. That's so it could be very simple like that, yeah. you know, and or you know, and, and people that have dogs or cats, and I know uh, one of our one of our friends of the podcast here, uh, Valerie. Uh, she's gonna hopefully she doesn't mind, but she befriended a black widow when she was a kid. Oh, nice. She had a pet black widow. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and so. Yeah, there, there's all kinds of, of, of you know, connections that yeah. can be made just looking at the stars, mm-hmm. you know. But that, it's funny you say the stars one because uh, – so I've been away from Desert Rain basically for almost two weeks. Mm. And either last night or the night before, I, I was just walking out to my car and just like the stars on the horizon. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, like. This is one of the reasons yeah. I love this place so much. And you don't, it wasn't like, I was like, oh, I can't wait to get back to DR to see the stars. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it was, yeah. you know, I did, I, I was missing this place and excited to get back, but it's a whole thing. Right. And it's just like those, those little memories, like you're yeah. saying, like, or not memories, excuse me, reminders in that right, moment right. of like, oh shit, these fucking stars, man. Like this is, this is the life, yeah. you know? And, and um, yeah, well, and, I didn't even think about this until you said you're, you know, planting the peas. But um, when COVID hit, uh, and you've you've been an observer of this, I started trying to sprout um, oh, yeah. avocado pits, which is yeah. fucking hard. Yeah, <laughs> I have in three. So I, I've done I've done it for three years now. I have one plant. I've sprouted multiple only three of them made it to soil and even of those two of them have died and it's it's watch but watching the process there's just something about it one it's so humbling to be like i've probably failed with 50 (laughs) pits over the last three years well that's probably an exaggeration it's probably closer to 20 or 30 but the one plant that survived is like, oh hell yeah, yeah. And what's the what? What does that teach you? Yeah, what's the spiritual lesson? So patience, yeah, all those nurturing, how delicate um, things are, and del- well, even with the the pits, once they sprout in the water, if they slip out of your hand and hit anything, yeah, they break in half and it's it's game over. Yeah. Um, so just you know being. Um, being delicate, being uh, which I could have used, a, I could have used a delicate moment yesterday. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing how many lessons. Or I, yeah. I'm not, I'm just sort of blown away right now, like thinking about it. Like I have, I haven't thought about it in that those terms yeah. of how many lessons are available in just trying to grow something. Yeah, um, I just had a memory of probably 1999 maybe 2000 before the world went nuts somewhere around right before while that while we while we were still doing prints and parting like it's yeah, 1999 yeah yeah exactly uh when share do you believe in life after love was the number That's one right. the number one song in Come the world on. and 
before the towers fell and everything went crazy. Uh, I remember feeling directed by God to, for my prayers to take the form of feeding birds. And I lived in a residential area, you know, in the far east El Paso, in a little pink house. Uh, That's right. And yeah, so I started feeding birds and just observing the birds and that became the prayer. That's incredible. And it was, uh, and it became something very personal. Uh, The dominant bird that showed up was the desert dove. Mm -hmm. And that became very, uh, I, I won't go into it, but the symbolism of that particular bird and for my personal life. And yeah guidance in it is connected to the dove and so that's uh, cool yeah man. it's kind of interesting yeah not the white dove uh but these were the desert yeah desert pigeons yep 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 kind of different from the urban pigeons they're sleeker yeah man go feed some birds folks so yeah feed some birds <laughs> whatever uh, you feel called to. feed some wild you know try to i i, I feed birds and wild cats now so and I accidentally oh, put Oh, that's the, right. Scarface. Yeah, Scarface. <laughs> our yeah. buddy, our uh, buddy Scarface. Well, he's orange, so I call him Conesy for Conan O'Brien. Okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, Scarface. Uh, yeah, the first time I saw him, he had just been in a fight and had this huge scar over his eye. Yeah. And so I, I've been referring to him as Scarface. Well, but he's healed now. Well, his he head is normal. split open still by oh, his ear. It? Yeah, he had a massive... Oh, because I saw him... I well, I guess it was nighttime when I saw him. Yeah, it's nasty. So I, he I rubs the scab see. on me. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. So I had I was feeding him in the same, like five feet away from the the seed block I had put out, and I the realized, seed block? you know, for birds, you know, the seed oh, block, oh, oh, seed block. Quail, yeah, 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 right. quail and other. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I should move the seed block away from the wild cat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, that's funny. Yeah, just do something like that. Plant something. See what it would teach you. Um, I've done that with symbolic trees and that, you know, and they die. (laughs) Well, what does that teach you? What does that, you know, what's, you know, we used to get live Christmas trees and plant them and they die every year. And I think one out of 10, same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know someone um, who observed the same pair of dove who would nest every year on her front porch. And I think she said out of 10 years, I think they brought maybe two hatchlings okay. to full adulthood. Yeah. The rest all died. And wow. So that teaches you something. You know, it's yeah. a hard lesson, but it, it, it you know, teaches you about the, the fragility of, of life in mm-hmm. your own life. And mm-hmm. So it's a valuable thing to learn. It's beautiful, man. Uh, we're basically coming up on time. Is there anything else uh, you wanted to, to add or... Um, uh, elaborate on before we. Yeah, call you, you it would a ask day. how can someone cultivate that, you know? And if you're more traditional, you know, Psalm 19 is a very powerful psalm on this, this regard. And you mentioned Genesis one as well. And um, I'll, re- I'll only read the the first half of it, but it's an interesting psalm because it it talks about the word of God being nature itself in the mm-hmm. first half. And then it talks about the the written word and the okay. spoken word of of the Creator. In other words, they're they're one. It's uh, all all the same. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, I've heard uh, rabbis say that if there was no Torah, you know, the written the written law, mm-hmm. uh, 
And before it was written, it was written in nature mm. on, on the earth itself and in the sky. Uh, and so, you know, that's a very profound yeah. thing. And early church uh, fathers, unfortunately, didn't have mothers, and that was a problem. Right. That's That's been a problem for 2,000 yeah, right. years. Yeah, that's, that's not new. Uh, but they said that the same thing. There's the there yes, there's the written book of the scriptures, but there's the uh, the book of creation, the book of of nature, uh, through which you know the the creator speaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so anyway, I'll just read the. And so when it says heavens, think of skies, because they're not talking about this disembodied. Yeah. You know. So I'll just say the skies. So this is Psalm 19. The skies declare the glory of God. The heavens proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber like a champion rejoicing to run uh, his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. And so, that, yeah, that's, that's amazing, an amazing man. song. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, so. There's nothing else for us to say yeah. <laughs> after that. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank Let's you. go plant some trees. Let's and go do some tree stuff. The big um, stuff, I don't know what to do, right? I actually do uh, need to plant that. I, I don't Christmas know what tree. to do for polar bears, personally. Yeah. Or uh, the rhinoceroses. You've mentioned the rhinos. Yeah. Being yeah. The, those, those are overwhelming issues yeah. for me. And even if you buy an electric car, that car is still being, uh, electricity is still being mm. well, uh, uh, charged by fossil fuels and, and burning. And there's children in Africa dying for, exactly. the, for so the, it's, the precious metals to make the batteries. Exactly. So there's just no, but I can pick up trash and I can vote for. Uh, you know, for clean air, clean water, well, and even clean soil, even uh, just planting stuff around your house, exactly. You know, that adds oxygen, yeah. right? That it like that does tangibly do something, exactly. Even if it doesn't seem like you turn on the news and you're like, oh, why, yeah, why plant a tree? Yeah, well, it's like, well, no, you plant the tree anyways. I mean, the metaphor of our times are in Ohio that train oh, with yeah. toxic chemicals, yeah. Crashing, crashes it looked like an absolute hellscape so they clean it up load up the, the 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 contaminated soil on trucks and then the truck crashed and oh, spilt it that. on the highway that's, that's the metaphor yeah. of our times yeah. and and it feels overwhelming so go plant some peas yeah. go plant a tree go feed some birds go do what's in your small power and realm yeah. to do so um yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in and uh, and doing your part out there. Um, thank you, Mr. David. Thank you, Mr. Mason. Appreciate you, sir. Uh, thank you, Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Uh, those drums you hear in the background are Monk drums. Thank you, Jacob Nedia. Um, and if you feel so inclined and haven't purchased a copy of Desert, or excuse me, uh, Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow, uh, dreamwalkerway.com is the place for that or if you have a kindle um, please download it from the kindle store and uh, take a look at it and see see what you what you like about it and uh, we're always always open to hearing feedback so feel free to reach out um, did you have anything 
Ah, all right. Feel good. Yeah. Feel good. Uh, love you all. We will uh, talk to you next week.